Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. That's... Yeah, they have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I'm to walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. But you don't know what you're talking about. What did you want? I'd like to stay alive for six days. I'd say it to your face, and I'll say it to you now. I'm down Swanfield, and we'll see them all. What you doing down here, you Johnny man? Nigeria didn't exactly have the ideal preparation for this World Cup. Their players threatened a boycott if their FA held out in paying them their tournament bonus. Their head coach, Randy Waldrum, publicly rebuked his employers for their treatment of his players and also their failure in his eyes to pay him some of the money he's due only to be roasted with a withering put down by the association's communications director as our World Service members heard a couple of weeks ago Adamola Olegire the NFF's comms guy came out with this well, a couple of zingers in here mm-hmm. incompetent loudmouth Waldrum found his voice now since he's about to achieve his only ambition of leading a team at the World Cup the team is presently having a training camp in the Gold Coast ahead of the World Cup is it Mr. Blabbermouth Waldrum who has been paying <laughs> he claims he's been at the job because of the player's bollocks his entire objective has always been to add a leading a team at the World Cup to his CV. He is the worst coach to have handled the Super Falcons of Nigeria by a country mile. Well, the worst coach ever to handle his team has got them unbeaten through their group phase and mm-hmm. into a likely round of 16 meeting with England. The Republic of Ireland go home with one point on the board after a scoreless draw today. You're welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Football Pod. Owen here with Ken. Hi, Ken. Owen, how are you? And our own Mr. Blabbermouth, Kieran Murphy. Hello, Mr. Blabbermouth walks the walk. Our friend, the BBC's oh. Oliver Sheen Okolaji told us all about this, the, all these pre-World Cup tensions in the camp a couple of weeks back. He's going to be on again today for the benefit of everybody because Oliver Sheen, is a t- he's the type of guy that needs to be mm. heard by all. That's after we hear from Gavin Kumsky, who's in Brisbane for the Irish Times. So a very satisfactory result for Mr. Blabbermouth. And it seems like a pretty satisfactory result for us. Nil-nil draw, respectability. Vera Powell seemed happy enough with it anyway, Ken. Vera Powell looked absolutely Post delighted. Interview. Mm. Yeah. Was she delighted that was all over? Or just <laughs> delighted to have a point? Um, or was it just a big smile that she gives when she starts doing an interview? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think Ireland actually played quite well. You know, it was kind of a weird game because it's one of those when you don't, no one has to save themselves. This is it. You know, it's like there's there's no pressure. You're mm. you're out. Um, you know, the, the Ireland like really dominated the possession, particularly which I wasn't expecting. Um, and I think it was like fifty eight percent in the first half. Um, you know, and and again, it like looked looked pretty good. Just didn't and didn't didn't give much away. I mean, there was a pass by Louise Quinn, which went straight to a Nigerian midfielder, which gave them probably their best chance of the game, well, the second best chance of the game, I would say, which was Miss uh, across the far post by Oshwala, uh, who was substituted in the second half. Yeah, I think. She's, she's a big superstar at a Barcelona player. Yeah, I, I, th- I think because she's not 
she's kind of been struggling a little bit fitness wise. I mean, she did score against um, Australia, but the the situation in the second half was such that they knew that Canada were hammering or Australia were hammering Canada, so Nigeria were going to be going through. It didn't really matter what they, they in the end Ireland could only have saved Australia or could only have saved Canada today by winning four 0 I think <laughs> they would have had to win by four because Australia ended up beating Canada four. I, I felt that played to our advantage because I thought we had I, I thought we played very well in the first half an hour most of the first half I didn't really feel after half time we were in it at all it looked like we were tiring we got ninety minutes out of Sinead Farley this time mm. and she was very good I th- thought she held up pretty well but just there, there was a sense as that second half was developing that we were struggling a bit I was a bit worried but I do feel that and we can talk to Alba about this Nigeria I'm sure they were aware of the results the latest yeah. score and there they was were a, acutely aware there was a touch there was a, I'm not going to go as far as to say it was, it was uh, the Netherlands or Holland as we used to know them back then yeah, of course. against Ireland in the 1990 World Cup it wasn't down tools but mm. I, it feels like Nigeria could have if they had to maybe had a bit more of a go but, but that was fine you can, only, you can only draw nil all with the team in front of you as the old saying goes Ken yeah, uh, no, it's it's true, uh, and it is important to get it, to get a point. Mm. Um, but again, there was more of this. Uh, you know, we we saw finally in this game uh, Car- another of Karen Duggan's. I don't know if Fear Power's just listening to Karen Duggan or if she started listening to her, mm. and is just doing what she advises. Just a game too late, <laughs> because that I mean that was what she was saying when she spoke to us after the first game that she wanted Denise O'Sullivan to play as a ten. And that's what happened today. And actually, Denise O'Sullivan, again, didn't, I wouldn't say played brilliantly, but was much more involved in the game today than she had been in the previous two. Had one of our best chances um, in the second half when she kind of sh- decided to take a shot early when maybe she needed to try and do something to beat the, the marker in front of mm-hmm. her. Um, that was one of our better chances in the game. And uh, after the game, I saw her interview where she said, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? You, you know, you you were playing in a in the position of uh, in a more advanced position. And the, from the second, uh, Tony O'Donoghue said the word advanced. She started like nodding, nodding her, her head <laughs> maniacally. <laughs> yes, yes, Tony. Yes. And Mace gave an answer along the lines of, "Yes, you know, uh, well, it is more the position I feel comfortable, and it's great, you know, and I mm. do feel I can do more, blah blah blah. But of course, the most important thing is to play where the coach tells you to play. Mm. So." I think we got a sense there of what she thought maybe she might have been doing better in the tournament, mm. you know. And uh, I mean, obviously, I, I guess when she looks back on it, she's not going to be um, delighted with her performances. You know, I mean, I, I, and again, I don't want to be like, because I mean, getting to the World Cup in, in itself is obviously a massive achievement. But I think she probably would have hoped to make more of an impact. I mean, she was one of our, our top players going into it. That's why the the first half was enjoyable for that. She was linking well with Katie McCabe. Farrelly was playing well at that stage. There were a couple of lovely moves. At one stage, Katie McCabe was put in and she dragged her shot wide. Caruso cuts a, shot, a, a pass back when she probably could have shot, but that was, again, O'Sullivan and Katie approach work a little back heel but I think she was offside there Cruz there might have been an offside yeah. no I don't know I don't anyway Cruz yeah. was offside for that uh, one yeah. there was another one then to Farley at the back post when Denise O'Sullivan was involved again with Heather Payne this time they're getting a lot of joy down down that side but we didn't see enough of it probably over the tournament it's nice to at least get at least get one half of it today where our other world class player look, got a chance to look mm. closer to what she is yeah. I'd say Farley is pretty close to world class now as well to be fair I thought she was excellent today yeah, really, really good. Yeah, and played the full ninety minutes, which I mean, I guess we sort of thought she probably couldn't really do. But <clears throat> I don't know if that was just power, sort of saying, "Look, you know, you deserve to play ninety minutes at the World Cup." Um, I don't know if we'll ever see her play for Ireland again. I mean, that, all these things are are up in the air. But I mean, she's thirty three, and you know, um, we'll we'll see if she if she wants to if she wants to keep. Why going. was there a drop in the second half though? Felt, felt to me like well, that's what that's, that's what always happens with us, right? We we don't have the capacity to play ninety minutes. Certainly not with the intensity that we played the first half hour of the game at. You know what I mean? And so, you know, it's a you you can. I think this is kind of what happened to us against Canada, where we we started with a lot of energy. Um, and actually, on that occasion, it did pay off because we had got the goal and were kind of, you know, didn't manage to add a second goal, but still had that lead right until the very end of the half, which was why it was such a terrible time for us to concede because just at the time when people are running out of energy, um, then suddenly the lead is erased as well. So, 
uh, I guess that the approach today was similar. I mean, in terms of we might as well start the way we did the last game. Only this time there was no goal. Um, but at least also there was no um, collapse again, I suppose, because the opponents are playing within themselves a little bit. But and helped by an absolute wonder save by Courtney Brosnan. Yeah, well, that was an, that was an incredible moment. I mean, this is the thing. Like we have we have uh, done a, at least a few memorable things at this tournament. Um, I think one of the goals of the tournament. Um, and definitely the save of the tournament. Was it? Hang on, was it one of the goals of the tournament? From our point of view, it's amazing, but it is a, just a corner kick. Oh, I think it's one the of goals. the goals. Do, would the neutral love that? Well, I mean, I can't speak for the neutrals of the world. Which neutral? How many neutrals do you know who don't like goals that fly indirectly from a corner? Come on. That's not uh, the, the goal from the corner. I don't know. Listen, it, it, I'm not going to... You're, you're saying you thought... You I'm thought not going to rubbish our one amazing I, No, 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 no. I, I discern the, the logic of what you're saying here. You're saying you thought that was an accident. No, no. Well, I mean, it was half an accident. Mm. She was putting it in on top of the goalkeeper and it went into the goal. But that's neither here nor there. I'm saying we're very wrapped up in our own stuff. So we're thinking, everyone, that was one of the goals of the tournament. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll only know know when we see the rest of the goals in the tournament and see does Katie McCabe's... I have seen some very good goals. (laughs) Does Katie McCabe's goal end up in the top 10? Hopefully it does. The actual goal of the tournament, which... um, I've seen so far was scored by Caicedo Alegria uh, for Colombia against Germany. Yeah. Colombia beat Germany yesterday, which in an amazing game. Um, they they won it with well, they conceded a penalty in like the last minute. Mm. Germany equalized and then won it with a header from a corner in the ninety seventh minute. But the first goal. Uh, by Caicedo, who's like an 18-year-old um, forward who recovered from cancer three years ago. Right. Um, she. Amazing. It was an absolutely brilliant goal. Um, where it was some kind of a set piece, and the, you know, Colombia kind of up around the box, uh, and a second ball comes in <clears throat> and is deflected across her. She's on the left side of the box, and then uh, with two German players in front of her, just sort of sizes up the situation. Four touches, I think five, uh, five touches altogether. Um, one to the left, one to the right. No, one, no, four touches. Um, it dribbles first left and then right between the two Germans and then fires it into the top corner. It was an absolutely brilliant goal. Beautiful, just watching it here. And uh, yeah, so I think that was probably the best. Mm. Although I'm also watching Japan. I'm really impressed with Japan. <laughs> I mean, but it sounds like more like uh, the nation. As I mean, Japan just in general impresses me. As a country. Yeah, and as a, as a, as a sporting entity, as a World Cup entity. Us, Talk to us, Ken. What's... Well, look, I've been at, uh, I don't know if I've ever mentioned before, but I've been at a couple of great Japan World Cup moments. Were you at the... The rugby? No, the, the, no, he's a football journalist. He, he wouldn't have been at the rugby I World was Cup, at Japan he, beating Germany in the in the Qatar World Cup. Oh, that wasn't yeah. the one I was expecting. I thought yeah. you were going to tell us once again about seeing the Brave Blossoms take down South Africa. No, I was actually at that as well. exactly what he's going to do I was right at that now. as well. Yeah. I was at that as well. And um, Japan's uh, Brave Blossoms, I don't know if they're, they're called Brave Blossoms. Um, Pretty that's sure that's the yeah. nickname, yeah. Yep. The um, women's team. I mean, there's often. Oh, no, I'm talking about no, the, no, the, the rugby team. The, the rugby team are called the, the, Brave the Brave Blossoms. Well, they had a game against Spain, and I was reading that the Spanish team, you know, you know, there was all this kind of um, drama with the Spanish team where a lot of them rebelled against their coach. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, the, many of them backed down. The federation decided to just stick with the coach anyway. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, because the federation seemed to take the view um, whatever whatever's gone on here. Uh, it's inappropriate for a team to frag their coach like this. Mm. Uh, so we're not going to have it. And if these if these players don't want to go to the World Cup, then they can fill their boots. Mm. And that, that and so they're there with like missing uh, important players, but had obviously been going pretty well. Had won the first two matches, but uh, the last thing I saw from them. Um, was that they? Uh, I mean, it, like they, they there was twelve players, there were fifteen players altogether who said we've got to get rid of this guy, and three of those fifteen ended up backing down, and and they're part, they're actually in the in the squad. So like we're talking about a lot of the top Spanish players are not at this tournament. It's it's, it's a total disaster, really. Still, they were doing pretty well. Uh, although the, the last thing I saw, they're in New Zealand, and uh, they were complaining about how boring it was. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to New Zealand in the winter. No, I haven't been to New Zealand in the summer either, Ken. Yeah. Um, they were in um, a place called Palmerston North. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's not a lot to do there. 
Uh, so it's, it's, it's a while since I've actually seen this story at a World Cup. I mean, I remember it in the uh, the 2010 World Cup. Spain were at a place called Pochevstrom, which was an awful. I, I mean, awful. I don't. I shouldn't say awful, but quiet place. It was. It was some kind of a college barracks that they were in. Yeah. And there wasn't really much going on, but they were. They. I guess the atmosphere in that squad was a bit better than the, the atmosphere in this squad. Uh, and they were they were able to hold it together for the, the England of that World Cup were in Rustenburg, uh, which was also a, a bit of a one horse town from the point of view of it wasn't like their previous World Cup where they'd been in was it Batman Batman <laughs> having a it whale just of a came, time uh, yeah it both yeah. came to us immediately that was in fact why they had chosen such a boring place uh, and that's the last time that I that I remember this story of the World Cup boredom happening because since then everybody has basically got a phone which kind of eliminates boredom you know it doesn't matter where you are yeah why would you go outside you don't actually need to see the outside world just if you walked outside you might meet someone it it doesn't eliminate boredom of course of course but it sort of it sort of does neutralize that intense boredom that we Mm. we who remember the world before this Mm. uh do It, it provides distraction uh, but but not enough for these Spain players. Anyway, they uh, got a I guess an ice bucket thrown on their face by Japan, who beat them with I think twenty two percent. Was it was it only wow. it was three 0 to Japan at halftime on twenty two percent possession. Wow! They had three passes into Spain's final third, each of which was an assist. Um, it was like the the ultimate. Spain performance out of World Cup. <laughs> Apart- they absolutely spained it today. They really spained it. They yeah. spained it more than they've ever spained it before. <laughs> and so, this, so it has been a quintessentially Spanish performance. Uh, I mean, in a lot of a lot of the quintessentially Spanish performances at World Cups, they ended up winning the game as well. Mm-hmm. Now we should we should say that. But in this occasion, to totally dominate the game to such an extent, and then just to concede on each attack by the opposition. But I was saying that I'm impressed by Japan. The thing that amazed me about, about Japan. Uh, all of these victories, and obviously I didn't see the, I only saw the highlights of the of the Spain one today. But the the both the rugby one and the Qatar World Cup one was this um, incredible combination they have of speed and technical precision. Which I mean, obviously the, the when they in both of those games, the, both of those other games, they were everyone expected they would lose the game to mm. two of the strongest teams in their respective sports. Um, and it just doesn't happen that way because I, I'm kind of I, I look enviously at Japan. And I'm like, how are they? How can they do? They this? also beat us in the last Rugby World Cup. Don't forget. Oh, of course. How could I forget? We were up. What a live show that was! <laughs> what a fun show that was! Once again, apologies to anybody who came along to. <laughs> they got a breakfast roll, if I recall, though. So that was good. But how do they just? You know, they're just. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, like we've obviously had a Dutch coach for the last uh, four years. Um, and I guess we've got an Irish coach at the moment for the the men's mm-hmm. national team. I'm just wondering if really we hear enough about Japanese coaches. Uh, there's something going on in Japanese coaching, Owen. I don't I don't pretend to know everything about what's happening in Japanese sport, but what I can say is that they're producing teams that are able to really turn it on in the biggest possible matches and beat much better opposition in a, with a style that I am envious of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Are you literally saying Eddie Jones for Ireland? It would the men's or women's soccer or it's not rugby going teams. so well from so far with Australia. Ken, I don't know if you've noticed this, but yeah, taking a few tankings. He's just getting his scammy feet on the table there. Well, I saw he was offering advice to what's his name, the the Tildes. Catches the Tildes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Tony. No, no, it was Eddie Jones who didn't know Tony Gustavo. Yeah, yeah no, I, I have learned that. Yeah, but Eddie, uh, as he as he dispensed advice from his uh, position as rugby, mm. he he actually hadn't bothered to figure out the find the guy's name first. But uh, is that what you're saying, Eddie he, Jones? Yeah, Eddie Jones. Yeah, he said he would. He said he would play uh, Sam Kerr no matter what uh, because she scores goals. Uh, actually, Tony Gustafsson kept Sam Kerr, Sam Kerr on the bench and didn't have to use her in the end because they won 4-0. So uh, maybe she'll be able to play in the knockouts. Big 24 hours for Ballymun, by the way. Mary Fowler among the goal scorers there. Yeah. Australia, grandfather from Ballymun after James McCarthy. All down the slipper, lads. To the, <laughs> to the All-Ireland yesterday. We're going to be talking to Gavin in a couple of minutes from the stadium. One of the questions we're going to cover is Vera Pau 
and her future. Mm. She didn't have anything much to say about that on her inner TV interview from what I heard, but we'll see if anything else has happened in the press conference there. You said before the final game came that you felt maybe now might be the time for everyone to move on and look at a fresh face. I put it to you that uh, draw in this game as well as the narrow defeats we've had are all very respectable results. So do you stick by your... I think the results have, have not been terrible. Um, That's what I said. Very there, respectful. There hasn't been a bad beating. Is there a sense, though, of, of missed opportunities? Um, you know, maybe the first game, I, I felt like our worst performance was probably the first game. When you look back on it, like just because there wasn't, that we didn't do anything uh, on the attacking side of the game. We didn't really, may, maybe Australia were more vulnerable than we thought. You see, I always got the impression with Vera Pau that she's, her sort of point of view was, we're not very good, so don't get it. You know, I remember the way she was hyping up Australia before that game, you know, oh, they're so good, they're so this, they're so that, and you know, they're amazing. And you're like, yeah, okay, they are probably, they are better than us, but I don't know. Maybe I need to go and see what Japan were saying. Now, Japan were almost certainly saying about Spain. I'm, I don't know. I haven't seen this, but I'd say Japan were saying Spain are one of the greatest teams of all time. <laughs> <laughs> they are respectful. They, they they don't go in for this kind of trash talk. So maybe they're... But I, I kind of got the impression that I really didn't think we were like, capable. I mean... You know, well, she clearly thought that was a quality gap because she drafted in a load of new players yeah, for the tournament. Like, so she obviously didn't think we were going to be good enough to compete is, before that. Yeah. So then you're, you're you're making a rod for your own back to a certain extent because you're then going into a tournament with a bunch of players who don't know each other. You know what I mean? One, yeah. one player in Sinead Farley who has barely played professional football in the last seven years. So these are all, it's a different type of risk. You know what I mean? She's, yeah. she's, she's made that call, which is a big enough call. And I think she did a pretty good job of integrating those players in by and large, Farley in particular, was worth the gamble overall, I think. Now, are they all definitely sticking around after the World Cup? I I, I don't know. You, you could be putting some noses out of joint and even today, not not emptying the bench and not giving players game time. Yeah. Probably going to be some pissed off heads there, I'd say. Well, that was what Trapattoni did as well. Yeah, right? there's a little bit of that. I'm sure that could count against her long term as well. We'll have to see on that one. So it's, it's by, she's been by no means perfect. No. And, there, and there is all the baggage from before the tournament with that report and, and her time. I, I, like I said, after the second game, I think football-wise and results-wise, what are we asking for here? We're into a... We got, we got to a World Cup and did all right in our first ever World Cup. See, this is where Japan are just an unhelpful example. I'm, I'm just like, I want that. <laughs> 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 now, okay, this is, you know, the, the Japan uh, women's team has also been like winning the World Cup and stuff like this, mm. the under 20 World Cup, and, and has been performing really well at tournaments for the last few years and are, are breaking into the senior team and are taking that into So, you know, we're talking about probably there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of work that's gone into that over many years, and we're not we're not in that type of position. But I kind of feel like, you know, even the changes that she made throughout the tournament, it was, it was as though she was sort of following. It, it was as though she was almost responding to the criticism and, and sort of following. Okay, well, we'll try this then. Oh, I doubt it. I think there I think was she's a bit pretty of that. strong-minded. I don't think she's listening to the criticism. Well, why? Well, you know, why? why say today's because Denise Sullivan yeah, change. Why, why not do that before? Well. Because she might have felt that the other two teams we played against were stronger and were more likely to exploit us if we were playing. Well, Nigeria beat us. Nigeria beat Australia. Like they they gave Australia a, a pretty good thrashing. Yeah, but just because she's making the change, just because there has been criticism, it, it's legitimate criticism. It's fine. I, I don't think you can say, oh, she's caving to the pressure of. But but what it, Karen it does, it does suggest to me that like the 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 plan she went into the tournament with was wasn't right, and she was okay trying to find a. Solution, but like I guess they were did. And by the time, in the second, the second game was better than the first game. Uh, it's a pity that we that that the first game, the, the game plan for the first game didn't work. Look, we lost the first two games, right? But they they were against teams who are significantly better than us. Where I I think the Nigeria thing is funny because she was saying in the post match interview today that we played three top ten nations. Yeah, that Nigeria for me are a top ten nation. It's like okay, but they are fortieth technically. <laughs> you, you're kind of she she's sort of spinning her side of things now. Anyway, fortieth they are. Yeah, so, I just wonder, without all the off the field stuff, I wonder would there be as much pressure on her, I w- or would she be more lauded for just getting us to this tournament that a lot of people didn't expect us to get to, having some famous results along the way, and then acquitting ourselves 
again reasonably well in the tournament certainly not not coming home with no I don't, a, any, any sense that we were embarrassed out there or, or out of her depth. I mean, this is this is a new high for women's football in Ireland, and we're talking about booting out the person who coached us to it. Yeah, no, I I know you. We're not talking about booting anyone out. It's a question about renewing a contract that's expiring. You know, uh, I mean, the fact that the FAI haven't done that before the tournament, as as they've done on several several memorable occasions, suggests that already they were. Not totally sure, which, which when you think about it, when you, when you consider what you've just been saying, that is, you know, that's telling, like, because mm. if from the point of view of the FAI, you would have thought, wow, we've, our team is qualified for the World Cup. That's a success, right? Whoever has, has uh, been in charge of that, let's keep that person on because this is good. Yeah. Right, that's, well, Irish, Irish sport has, both in football and rugby, has done that before and sometimes been stung by that particular... Yeah, now we've done line, it. We, we've done action. it so, so many times and often, you know, and you end up... Uh, it's, it's a sli- I think it's a slightly different situation, though, in terms of the financial stakes and all this kind of thing. It's not a case of like, oh, you know, we're going to be... We're going to be paying this off for the next, you know, you know, I mean, this, uh, the the Mick McCarthy sacking bonus or whatever. Mm. You know, it's not really so much of a, of a factor. But the fact that they already, uh, already, it's clear from the fact that that they didn't renew her contract, that they didn't think qualifying from the World Cup itself was enough. Mm. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned the off the field stuff. No, obviously that's damaging. Yeah. Right. It's completely. It's it's damaging. Like it can't. It can't not. Even, even though they've publicly backed her to this point. Absolutely, because you know, it, because it's just it's just a whole. It's a headache nobody needs. You know what I mean? And it's all this kind of, like I've I have a certain amount of sympathy for her in, in her position. You know, when I, that press conference that she did before the tournament started, and she's uh, and you can see how how upset she was, and she's talking about you know anonymous accusations. And I can't defend myself against lies. And you can imagine someone who feels that they're in that position. That's a very difficult situation. At the same time, there was a lot of people anonymously, albeit quoted in the article saying there was this issue, there was that issue. And ultimately, um, it's it depends on, I guess, what the Ireland players think about all this, you know? Um, to an extent, it depends I, I on, don't, what, on I don't, what the players what I can What I can say about the players is I haven't really seen any player come out and say, this is mad. You know, Vera's brilliant. Everything's been been great. We can't. I can't wait to work with her for another two. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen anyone say that. You know what I mean? I haven't. All all I hear is 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 players say stuff like, "Well, it's not my decision," you know, which we know we know. But they're, mm. they're side they're sidestepping the issue. But they could they could back her if they felt. Yeah, Meg, they felt Megan Connolly was the latest person. I thought that was kind of noteworthy, and she was sitting beside Vera Powell, I assume, at the pre match press conference. Yeah, she was. And she was asked the question. She said exactly that. She said she said oh, Vera's been great. She's she's given me a big boost. My credit, whatever this sort of stuff. Mm. But it's not my decision to make. Jesus, it's an awkward question. Yeah, but it's, anyway, you know, it's just no one's saying you can't have an opinion. You know what I mean? Everyone can have an opinion, and if they if they strongly believed, I think that, that you know, oh, she, you know, mm. Vera Power. There are degrees the of manager. all of these things. You but know what I mean? You can it's always like, yeah. you can always say that, and I honestly, I ha- can't. I haven't seen it really. I haven't. I haven't sensed that from the players. So I, I don't know. Maybe they're also. The, and then you see things like. Uh, O'Sullivan's interview after the game today, she, she's clearly happier to be in a different position. McCabe's impact, you know, when she was kind of playing in a more attacking role against Canada, I think all these things kind of add up. And then, you know, there was stuff to do with the squad selection, um, you know, at, in, in the beginning. And I'm sure we'll hear more about this over the, over the uh, yeah. coming, coming days. Well, we're going to hear more about some interesting stuff from the Vera Pau press conference in just a second because... Seems to be Gavin is tweeting about some interactions that Vera had with Katie McCabe about exactly what sort of changes should be made during the game. So um, this sounds like there's a little bit of fallout going on. We'll get to this in a moment. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Owen, I like you and I like your style. The second captain, we've got a bit better quality. It's compliment any place, anywhere, all over the world. Full of protein. It's information, fluid information. I don't know what you're talking about. You can do it while you're cleaning the house, brushing your teeth, taking a bath. Trying to be critical is going to be impossible. Gavin Comiskey is at the Suncor Stadium in Brisbane for the Irish Times, where you've just come from. It sounds like quite an interesting Fever Pow press conference, Gavin. Yeah, um, you, just when you think she can't top it, she comes out with a, a better line. Um, she just had a go at Katie McCabe, the Ireland captain. Now, I don't know if you saw this on TV, but Katie and Vera were at each other mm. from about the 70th minute. Vera, I, I don't know if you could see it on TV, but Katie, we actually could hear it um, because it was only half full in the Suncorp. Katie demanded uh, fresh legs from basically so she could go play higher up the pitch and there's someone covering her left back. And Vera was indicating, no, stay, keep your shape, keep compact. I think she was just so game ball for a nil-all draw or a result that uh, she wasn't. And Katie was livid, trying to get forward. This is an argument that they have quite a lot. But um, anyway, Katie screamed at her uh, and then Vera made, did nothing, stood there like a statue and made no substitutions for 13 minutes. So it came up in the press conference um, and Vera came out and said um, that Katie asked for Sinead Farley to be replaced, which none of us knew. And... Vera ignored her because she said, first of all, I'm the coach. And second of all, Sinead was the best player on the pitch at that time. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to unpack about that. Um, I mean, first of all, Vera saying, I am the coach. I mean, is that is that past tense now, uh, do you think? Um, I think so. Yeah, I do think so. But um, we don't know for certain. We re- And also the FAI has to be really careful how they handle this. Um, Vera Powell got Ireland to their first ever World Cup. Now, clearly there's a difficulties... She's just had a pop at her own captain, who is going to be the captain of Ireland for the next five years minimum. Yeah. But um, they do have to be careful of it how they deal with... Her contract's up now in a couple of weeks. Um, she said she's definitely going to be at the homecoming on Thursday. She was like, why wouldn't I be? It's my team. Um, she said openly that she wants another two years, that players don't get sick of hearing of a coach's voice for six years. And she's only been there for four. So she's adamant that she's the right person to take them on. Every single player we've asked, Jonathan Hill won't talk about it. He won't go on the record. Um, he's over in Australia, the FAI CEO. So he won't provide any clarity. Um, I know that they're going to do a review and make some announcement in August. But I think there's five players in the last two days were put in a really difficult position and asked, do you support? Would you like to see Vera continue to take the team to Switzerland, to the Euros in Switzerland in two years? And they all give exactly the word for word, the same answer. Um, like hilariously so, saying... Um, we have to stay focused on the games and um, nothing about Vera, nothing complimentary, nothing uh, negative about yeah. her, just nothing. Non-committed. And okay. that's where they've all been. Yeah, but they've always been like this. The, the, the only time somebody broke ranks yeah, is back on July 5th when all the athletic stuff came out about Vera in Houston Dash, which she asked the athletic to investigate into. And it came out with source-based reporting saying that she'd been abusive and belittling during her one season as a club coach in 2018. Katie appeared the day before the France game and was just openly livid, openly pissed off that uh, the World Cup has been dampened away and the attention, she called it negative. She, and she was sitting beside Vera and she openly said it was a negative impact on the squad. It was affecting preparations. And then she was asked directly, should, should Vera Pau be, uh, get a new contract? And her answer was, I don't have to quote in front of me, but her answer was very clean, gone, that's nothing to do with me. That's not my decision. And then she just told she told the entire room that she was pissed off, annoyed first that we were not asking about the World Cup. But that's because her coach contacted me again. Gavin, this answer, this uh, I'm uh, fascinated by this that she would say this about her captain. Uh, there's a couple of things here. Firstly, is Katie McCabe overstepping the mark as a player, telling her coach she should be taking off one of her teammates? 
But secondly, is it a bit strange that the manager would choose to reveal this publicly? Because I assume these kind of conversations and arguments do happen between player and coach. Yeah, I, I actually, I need to go back and listen to the audio. It'll be out everywhere in a while. Um, but um, she was asked about because we could see it. We could see the arguments um, and it was going back and forth and it got a little bit tense. But again, this happens with Katie and Vera in games before. This one in particular, though, Katie was just really, really dead keen to get up, to get front. And Nigeria were just sitting back and holding the two back, two low blocks because all they needed was a draw and they were playing England next Monday. So they had a real control over the game, I felt. And yeah, it's yeah, in some senses, Vera's like, she is right. You know, I am I am the coach, the, the skipper, the captain does not tell me what to do. But once Pau, who's really, really clever in press conferences, by the way, she doesn't get enough credit for being able to outwit, like when she's, Sometimes, like you look like she's made a mistake or she's done mm-hmm. something. She never admitted she's wrong in anything, and I've covered her for two years, and um, not nothing like zero. Um, but she she has a right to say I'm the coach and I make the decisions. But it felt pointed that she did nothing then for 13 minutes after Katie demanded the 33 year old player that was on her flank with her was had run out of legs. Yeah, but like at no point at no point did we know it was directed at Sinead Farley until Vera literally threw Katie under the bus by yeah. saying she was asking for a specific player so, sorry, like, just the also, cruelty of that yeah best player on the pitch as well oh, that's got to that's got that's to rankle with uh, Katie with, with yeah with a few players best player on the pitch at the time at the it time. wasn't a direct yeah it yeah. wasn't yeah. saying like, but she wasn't though that was the other thing that's not like that wasn't Sinead Farley actually didn't fade in fairness to her but no, I, I, we saw her. We saw her post-match uh, TV interview where she was talking about how delighted she was to play the ninety minutes, and was saying she had been looking over uh, at the bench, thinking, "Oh, please don't take me off! Please don't take me off!" Now we know that just uh, just a few meters away in the pitch, Katie McCabe was screaming, "Get her off!" <laughs> yeah, this is quite it's a situation. Now. There, yeah. There's very little evidence that Sinead Farley can play ninety minutes. I think she's done it once in the last seven years for yeah. Gotham a couple of months back. Um, she is adamant that she can play it, um, but she can't. She fades. But now, in fairness, this entire team is fading. So that's a whole other debate because Vera Powell's football periodization is supposed to make them the fittest team of the tournament. And they've been looked, they've looked really leggy. Um, Has she claimed? Did she, did she, is, that a, is that a claim that she made? Because we're, we're certainly well off being the fittest team in this, in this no. group. I mean, we seem to be not as fit as any of the teams we played against, just, just based on. You know how how things were going. Okay, actually, in Australia, the strongest period of the game was the last was the last mm. period of the game. But I think maybe they were hanging back a little bit at that stage. But I haven't been uh, massively impressed with uh, with our stamina certainly in in these matches. Yeah, and Pau was asked yesterday. Besides being asked all the questions about her contract and everything when she had a pop at the FAI, um, she was asked about the second half against Canada and how can your your fitness methodologies that not many other teams use in the world. How can that be effective? How can you have your, can you give your best performance in the second half against Nigeria at this World Cup? And she gave a big long answer about Canada and then eventually she was asked the question again, how can you give your best performance in the second half of the third group match? Did you say you've got this super fit team? That's why she didn't bring Megan Campbell and Leanne Kiernan because she's adamant that they wouldn't have two absolutely established players it would have been brilliant for the last 15 minutes in every game. She's mm-hmm. adamant that they were not injured, but not fit enough to be on the plane. And she cut them loose on June 28th. That's over a month ago. Yeah, these these are the things that will follow around. But um, yeah, there's loads of football issues with her. But also at the same time, it doesn't look like she's going to get a new contract or somebody would have come out and supported her by now. But I do think the FAI have to be very careful about how they part ways with her, if they do, you know. How so? Be, like, there's a, big game on, there's a big game on September 23rd at the Aviva. Katie just said, said there after the match that she thinks we can it can be a sellout. Um, it's 20 quid a ticket, 10 quid for under 16s. And there's no reason why the FAI can't market that and get 50,000 people there. It seems like there's a lot of goodwill for this team. Um, and it would be a sh- like, again, Vera Powell's contract would be up, but it would be a shame for her not to be there. Because for whatever, from a journalist point of view or from some kind of a football point of view, there's a huge amount of goodwill towards Vera in. Irish society now, you know, like she, only whatever six, seven months ago, she was RT Sports Personality of the Year, um, and ministers are queuing up to get pictures with her. The T-shirt got a picture with her, so you know, there's there is enormous support politically. I don't know if there's that much internally because none of the players have said anything. Yeah, but, but you know, what about the, um, you know what what about the the FAI them, themselves? I mean, you know, they don't necessarily always um, 
do what players players want. I mean, we're we're kind of we're kind of inferring from the fact that we haven't seen players come out and publicly say, "Oh, this, you know, absolutely, she's sort of, she's." Sort of, we we haven't seen that. So we're sort of inferring. Okay, well, if they're not saying that, then maybe they maybe they think it might be time for a change. But what about the FAI themselves? I mean, they're the ones who make this decision. I mean, as you and Owen have have already pointed out, simply qualifying for the World Cup is clearly makes this campaign a success. So why? Did they, have they not already rewarded that success with a new contract? Again, we're inferring, we're guessing that they're just not going to. Um, I don't know that. Well, for no, certain. I mean, the, Gavin, they, they could. Is, they had the opportunity to do it. You know, they've had the opportunity yeah. to do it ever since the qualification, what, eight eight months ago or whenever it was. So, uh, but they, they haven't done it. I so have what? a little bit of sympathy for them. Like, they are in a difficult position, but two, three, because if you, you can't sack, you shouldn't sack your coach before tournament ends and you shouldn't even leak that and so they've been very careful not to do that if they are going to do it um, but two three weeks ago Jonathan Hill was interviewed outside Euroctus and he said that he would talk in Australia about Vera Pau and he wasn't going to answer questions about it that day because he was talking about trying to get the Sky Sports deal or whatever and um, we requested an interview with him here a sit down and we were like look it won't be all Vera Pau it'll be the Euros looks like he's have won the bids there'll be a lot of questions about that there'll be a lot of questions about the future and um, he just declined he said no he said that he'll yeah, they'll speak in August they're going to do a full World Cup review which will take a couple of weeks and then they'll release it out but I think it just might speed up on them now. I think things will have to happen because Katie's definitely going to, I imagine Katie might respond to this. I also imagine Vera might have to be asked to kind of clarify what she's saying, even though when you hear the audio, it's pretty clear that she just she took a swipe at her own captain at the end of the World Cup. It's been, it's, it's been, it's kind of, over, it's so annoying that I, it's overshadowed everything because there's so many good stories and goodwill stories and good football angles to this. But I feel like I'm writing about Vera Pau every day. So, you know, that's, well, the way, yeah. that's the way this tournament's panned out. Yeah, funny, but even watching, I think you made the point, Murph, that Katie seemed sort of angry in the way she was playing. It wasn't definitely wasn't her best performance. She got booked for a, kind of an angry got, foul. She finally yeah. got her, her first booking, so I think it, that it that certainly was, didn't go... Yeah, I think that happened sense. quite soon after the shouting match that we were able to see even on television. So there was a, a tired and cranky element to Katie's performance all day, I, I think. I am, I am interested now, though. And Actually, it, tired and cranky all, in most games. <laughs> she's good, yeah. she's it, but if you're, if you're Sinead Farrelly, right, it can't feel good to hear this being aired, that you know, you're, you've, your captain wanted you to be substituted. Does it this speak to any greater and I can, I can tie in the fact that a lot of players got very little or no game time there, were, there, were, there wasn't a raft of changes for this final game is there any resentment from the long term campaigners for this team uh, with the no the no number of players I, I think there might in? be sorry yeah I think there might be with other players who came in to the team but not Sinead Farley because she's had such a good impact for 60-70 minutes of every match Um and it was like uh, Abby Larkin came on, Diane Cantwell came on in like injury time, and Marissa Shiva replaced Payne. Marissa Shiva has never played fullback, I don't think, in her life. She can't tr- take throw-ins. Uh, her first one was a foul throw. I think mm-hmm. it was a foul throw in the last game as well. She's come in for a lot of stick. Um, she's like a journey woman player over in Washington Spirit. Um, she obviously gave away the penalty against Australia, and she's come in for a lot of um, focus. But like, I think that's totally on the manager putting a player who's below international standard into a World Cup at the highest level and asking them to play out of position. And her touch is quite poor as well. So that's strange. And, and again, Vera Pau being Vera Pau is extremely stubborn and always sticks to her principles. And she, so she threw in um, Shiva and Larkin again, knowing that, that that ploy had been figured out by the Canadians and the Nigerians would have done their research. Um, I felt like, I don't know what it looked like on TV, but I felt like the Nigerians just controlled it and went, yeah, we'll have a nil-niller here all day. We'll give... Um, We'll, cut, we'll shut out Denise Sullivan for making any impact. We'll push Katie where she doesn't want to go. And it worked, yeah. That they, it, it wasn't a progressive performance in, by any means by Ireland for their last their last go at the World Cup. Gavin, lots of news there to report. Nicely done. Thanks a million. Cheers, lads. Ireland lead one out at the start of Brown. Well, God, Jerry Reed has controlled the ball basketball style. So, that all added another wrinkle to what has been a strange... World Cup for the Irish team, hasn't it? <laughs> From before it, uh, a lot of the stuff going on around the manager. I mean, this is, uh, if she is to stay on, is the first job now having to mend bridges that she may have burned with her captain? Yeah, I, I mean, it, okay, it's hard to know right how that plays out, but I just don't think 
that she needed to reveal that information. You know what I mean? Um, she was yeah. asked. Now, it wasn't one of those ones where she came up out of nowhere. As, as Gavin says, she didn't just drop it in here. Did you guys see what Katie McCabe did out there? She was asked, yeah. what was the story? You and Katie McCabe were clearly having an argument for a running argument what was going on there. But as Gavin says, she's skillful enough in the media that she, she doesn't have to reveal what she doesn't want to reveal. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, she was asked, she was asked a number of follow up questions and eventually kind of revealed that it, that it basically was Sinead Farley, that Katie was asking to, to be replaced for fresh legs. You know, how she kind of gave more detail as she went on until eventually she's like, well, look, you know, I thought Sinead Farley was, was yeah, our best good. player at that point. Gavin was pressing her on it. Yeah. The thing is, ultimately, she ignored uh, Katie McCabe. <laughs> she, she Which is absolutely her, her, absolutely her mm. right as the manager. Yeah. The, you know, the, yeah, it is. I mean, completely, it is. But um, it often depends on the on the people involved. We have had Irish football World Cup stories in the past where uh, <laughs> captain may have felt, the manager may have felt the captain was overstepping the mark. <laughs> yes, you know, but, and, and, and I'm not well. sure that was handled. Right. You know, I, I think it's better it happens at the end of the tournament yeah, than before is. the tournament oh, yeah, begins. Yeah, at least you get the tournament out. I think I'd rather just go crack on now and have this round now after we've fulfilled all three of our fixtures. I think that's a better way of doing things. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's it seems a bit awkward for me as well, this, this situation of, of sort of want, you know, saying, I want this teammate to be taken out of the oh, game. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not, it's not ideal. Like, uh, uh, I, I can't imagine that's good for the, I mean, maybe it's not a relationship that's, that has, maybe it's a relationship that's run its course. You know, in terms of Sinead Farley, isn't going to be playing too many more games around. I don't know. I she, disagree, by the way. I think there there was enough in how Sinead Farley was talking about it in her post-match interview to suggest that, yes, she will be playing. You think so? Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I hope so, because I, I think she's very good, but I, I guess Katie McCabe thinks she needs to uh, work a, a little bit on sharpness. staying power. Yeah. You know, so maybe that's... Uh, maybe, maybe well, good. I mean, you could also construct the argument that, that yes, you know, she wanted Sinead Farley... She wanted fresh legs in front of her or behind her, yeah, so basically could. on her wing so that Katie could move forward. I mean, you could construct an argument to say that, you know, that you can inject fresh legs without taking Sinead Farrelly off. Do you know, that that you can move Sinead Farrelly into a central position and and uh, arrange the team in such a way that you can have Farrelly and Katie McCabe further up the field. I mean, I think that there is wiggle room in what Vera said. At least, I, I think Katie could construct that argument in a conversation that she will have to have with Sinead Farley about this yeah. uh, and make the argument that way. Yeah. Um, now it's, uh, again though, I just, I just feel as though Vera might have quite easily said, yeah, you know, Katie is always, it's always a dialogue between coach and player. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy the, the stimulating dialogue I have with Katie in every game. You know, that doesn't mean I, Follow all of her recommendations, or you know that I take. I always, I always listen to her suggestions. Yeah. Actually, to be fair, this kind of is what she said, but she then also gave the she divulged the specific information. This was the player she wanted. For all my talk about Vera Pau being worth a new contract, there have been a lot of all the build up to this has been ill starred to say the mm. least. From from the moment we qualified in the World Cup and the, yeah. the dressing room in Hampden Park that night to yeah. the various other crises large and small that have been rumbling along including the contract situation we probably should have mentioned earlier she was asked ahead of the game if the if it was unfair on her and the players that the FAI hasn't completed her contract negotiations at this point yes she replied with one word so she's criticising without going to town on them she is criticising her employers there mid-tournaments for or at least ex- expressing expressing her displeasure which is again just a weird situation for us to be in yeah Strange old World Cup campaign for Ireland. Will we talk a little bit about Nigeria now? Because they had their own problems before the tournament, but they've gone unbeaten through the group stage. They're into the last 16. Oluwashina Akaleja, you must be happy with that. Absolutely buzzing. <laughs> um, for the first time, we've had a Nigerian team go unbeaten in a World Cup game. I mean, a World Cup tournament, despite all the troubles, all the problems. According to someone back home, despite all the demons, the Super Falcons are flying. And um, everyone is excited in Nigeria. The Super Falcons are flying indeed. They didn't have to soar too high today. I kind of felt, I presume they were probably hearing the scoreline from the other match, which meant that they, even a defeat actually would have got them through today. They seemed happy enough, I thought, with about 20 minutes to go to take the foot off the gas a little bit and play out a nil-nil draw. Absolutely. Um, Before the start of the tournament, 
if you had given Nigeria, you know, four points before their last game against Ireland, they would take it. And um, Ireland was the only team they thought, you know, they could comfortably beat in that group because, you know, they were debutants, they had no experience. Um, Canada came with high profile. I mean, they are Olympic champions. And of course, the co-host, um, Australia as well, they didn't stand a chance. They thought they didn't stand a chance. So for this game in particular, they felt like the job had been done in the first two games. All they needed to do was to avoid defeat against Ireland. So it explains um, some of the decisions taken by the coach, um, some of the tactical and, of course, um, selections by the coach has always been, a, has always been a, a, a topic of debate in Nigeria. So I think five points from three games, um, you know, into the round of 16, everyone is excited, like I pointed out. So for Nigeria, they didn't have to go off the, you know, they didn't have to take their foot off the gas, like you mentioned. So I think it was just a job well done for the Super Falcons. What were your impressions of the challenge put up by the Irish team today? Um, I think, you know, um, in the build-up to the game, we've heard the island, um, you know, players talking about how they want to end on the high, even though they are homebound, they wanted to give everything. The Nigerian players have been reading everything on, on, on different um, social media, on different websites. And of course, we always know what the island team we put up. Um, we tend to call them our cousins in Europe because we tend to think like they are stubborn as Nigeria. <laughs> they always have the fighting spirit and everything. So I think tactically, Vera Paul is a popular coach in Africa. Everyone knows what he's capable of doing. Brandy Wardrum, the Nigerian manager, as well understands um, what it takes to face a manager like that. So um, I think um, there are no surprises. Kudos to the Irish team. They gave it their all. They battled hard. And um, I think um, what, what made it happen for them was the fact that um, they knew that they need to make a statement at the Women's World Cup. And, you know, we've had teams come, in, come here, you know, previously, um, making their debut. You know, Jamaica, they came now for the second time and we saw what they managed to do in the second time of asking. And um, so Zambia, debutants as well, like Ireland, they end their game on the high into week. So for Ireland, it would have been, it was always going to be a solid performance. And I think um, they, they knew what they were playing. They knew what they were facing. Nine-time Africa champions. Nigeria might have, you know, secured four points, but they also knew the dangers processed by the Irish side. So kudos to the Irish people um, giving them a game to also remember. Qualifying for the next round means the Nigerian players have doubled their player bonuses up to $60,000 now. Uh, when we talked to you before the tournament, obviously uh, it was about this row between the coach and the federation and so on. Mr. Blabbermouth, can't give him his proper name. Mr. Blabbermouth, Waldrum, has, <laughs> has, has there been any more uh, news on that? Has that situation developed in any way? Um, what, what's the situation? Waldrum has since played down the whole thing. Um, you know, there was a bit of, uh, you know, um, face-to-face conversation between the Federation and Randy Wardrum. Um, and he, you know, I understand from some officials that he said the whole thing was blown out of proportion. He was a frustrated man. He spoke whilst he was in the U.S. He, the, the interview was recorded, you know, a couple of weeks before the tournament started. And he felt like uh, maybe he was overblown. So they played down all of that. But something that I believe will be brewing in the minds of the players now is, will they actually lay their hands on the cash from FIFA? Because over the last couple of days, we've seen Gianni Infantino make a U-turn. Initially, the money was supposed to come directly from FIFA to the players. Now we understand it has to go through the federation, through the players, and these players don't have confidence and opening in Nigerian Football Federation. But top players in the team, like Asisa Toshuala, Ebi Onome, and um, Francisca Odega, experienced heads in the team, have actually told the players that, what is important is for them to continue to focus on the games because everyone knows Nigeria tend to make news off the pitch and on it whenever they go to tournaments. They don't want this tournament to end the same way. So the higher they go, the more money they get. And then at that point, when they get to that beach, according to one of the players, they will cross it. But for now, um, Randy Wardrum is getting his flowers on social media. Strangely, some people were criticizing him today. But the bottom line is this. He has delivered. His team is in the round of 16. There's money in the back for the players. Sharing formula, the way the money will come, will be discussed at a later stage. For now, everyone is just celebrating um, the round of 16 qualification. It's going to be England, it looks like, in the last 16. But after beating Australia, you must fancy your chances. Well, um, across social media and in the local media in Nigeria, a lot of people are a bit you know, sceptical and they are being careful. England doesn't really... They've not really played to top gear. We are talking about the European champions here. And um, there's so much expectations that they might face Nigeria and then bring their A game. Everyone has said, look, bring, bring, you know, the, there's the arrogancy that comes with, you know, wanting to get one over your so-called 
um, former colonial masters, according to Nigerians. They love the word colonial masters, but, you know, um, the word is, you know, Nigeria is a Commonwealth nation, part of the British colony and all of that in the past. And there's always an opportunity for you to make a statement over England. Games between Nigeria and England, whether it's at youth level, at senior level, it's always a big one. And trust me, should Nigeria go past England at the World Cup and they crash out in the end of um, in the quarterfinals, no one will bother anymore. As long as you beat, um, sorry, as long as you beat England and you get past England, that is a World Cup victory in the eyes of a lot of Nigerians. And that's millions of Nigerians, in my opinion. That's how they tend to see games like this. England haven't really, like I said, haven't been top gear. They haven't really performed. They've been winning one year. Everyone is saying, nah, this is not the best of England team. But then again, when it comes to the knockout stages, you get to see some teams, you know, you know, up the tempo and then classically beat you tactically. Nigeria is still a team that I believe is improving. They haven't, they are, they aren't really the finished article yet. I still think their lapses here and there. Um, opportunities for them to finish up the island team, they couldn't. So sometimes I think um, these are some of the things that gives fans concerns. But bring on England, they will say, because they absolutely want a game of this magnitude. Because it's been so long, England's been taken from Nigeria, and Nigeria wants to take one from them too. <laughs> Okay, so it's going to be a big national event there against the old colonial masters. Oliver Sheena, thank you so much. Anytime, guys. Thank you for your time. Timbuktu. They're all pampered. We haven't got leaders. They're all just headphones. They don't communicate. You can't get anything out of them. That's why we're no good. They're all just headphones. They don't communicate on the pitch. They don't communicate off the pitch. They're all pampered. Oh, we're getting ready for Russia. Good luck. And then after that, we'll be building a team for Timbuktu. Timbuktu. How have England reacted to that equaliser? Perfectly. Um, no panic. Calm straight down. Continue dominating the game, playing and staying in Iceland's halves. It's been the perfect response. You'd think that no problem. England will win after four minutes. And they still lost. The only thing that they have got is the big boy up front, Sigurdsson, who really, Sigthorsson. Oh, oh my word. Oh. Tell us, talk us through that, Steve. I think we know what's happened. Oh, just say, Sigthorsson. <laughs> just cannot. It sounds like Nigeria will be up for that match against England if if that comes to pass. In the meantime, this developing story continues to develop. Yeah. This Katie McCabe, Vera Pau issue, Ken. Katie McCabe has had her say. Well, she's, she's not <laughs> saying much. She just tweeted an emoji of a zipping, a zip, a mouth zip shot. You know, the, what do you call that? Zip it? Zip? Zip your mouth emoji. I'm not I think everyone yeah, knows what you're talking good. about, Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The she's, zipped mouth. She's emoji. saying tight-lipped. Yeah. Well, you see, no, that's a, that's a that's a very important distinction there. If it's if she's saying zip your mouth, yeah, that means she's coming right back at. Well, is she? No, 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 no. I, I, this is this is an interesting misunderstanding yeah. here. On, I would have assumed that she meant I'm. I, I'm going to keep my Pre- mouth. Precisely shut. my point. Yeah, but oh, the yeah. way you phrase it, the zip your mouth emoji. If that is how she was using it, it's it's telling her manager. I to don't think it was an imperative, which would be very big. I. We, who, we have to take mouth, it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be a lot. Yeah. That would be a lot yeah. in the in the moments after that the last World Cup match. I don't think that's what it says. She's just we're I'm getting closer and closer to Saipan. If that's what <laughs> yeah. she means by I'm this, but you know, it's a for tonight. it's a cryptic comment, you know, by it is. Katie McCabe. we're taking it that she's Twitter zipping users, her own mouth for the time being. Twitter users were left bemused. With. <laughs> <laughs> this is I don't know if you're if you're listening Fox. Daily Mail, but uh, I'm basically writing your copy for you. Yeah, this is this is this is a. Well, listen, it's a juicy story for sure. It is. To end the World Cup. You know what? I really don't think Vera Powell is going to be the Ireland manager in two months' time. Sounding less and less. I really... I'm less gung-ho about that the longer this podcast episode goes on. I don't think it's going to happen. (laughs) Kind of feels like maybe it won't. I'm sure this story might develop more through the week. We will Mm -hmm. be covering it for World Service members. Premier League's only a couple of weeks away as well. 12 days away. Mm. The oh, start of the days. Premier League season. Oh, Ken, God. you're supposed to sound excited about that because <laughs> you're a football guy and I want people to sign up if they're not already World Service no, members. No, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about it. This, the Premier League. 
best league in the world. It's the best tournament in the world. Well, it's it is at the moment, to be fair. Yeah, yeah and we used to people used to say, oh, they're always saying it's the best league. I mean, it is now. It actually is. You know, at least until the Saudi thing. Until they really know, start splashing the cash. Until the Saudis couple, really start a couple more to windows. Seriously. Yeah, <laughs> they've already outspent La Liga, and you would have seen that, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, there's still time in the transfer window left, but they are one of the top five leagues now, the Saudi Pro League in transfer spending. I thought we were going to get one. They were going to get one football podcast without a Saudi mention, but uh, it won't be it today. Won't, no, it certainly won't be today. <laughs> won't be today. I wonder when it's going to be. Thanks, Murph. There's probably more stuff has happened with this Katie McCabe Vera mm. Bow story, but we we do have to put this out at some stage. So hope hope you enjoyed the show, as Rob Carney would say. I hope you enjoy the tournament. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, thank, Owen. You. thank you, Ken. Owen, and thank Thanks, you, Owen. Ken. Ted is barking loudly downstairs. Not sure if that's coming out on air, but hopefully not. Thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you again next Monday, hopefully before then, if you want to sign up to the World Service. All episodes are ad-free for members mm-hmm. and you yep, they are, yeah. should be aware that the Second Captain's podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Yeah, on what that guy said. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.